Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and I am so excited about this week's guest. She is the head of community at Geneva and former community manager at Glossier. Welcome to the show, Kim Johnson. Hi, thanks for having me, Noor. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. We were just having a very like randomly emotional conversation about <laughs> immigrant mothers. I don't really know why that happens every time I talk to someone. I, I really was like, I was like, save this for the pod. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, let's let's cry on the podcast because <laughs> no, I was telling Kim, I was like, sometimes I just sit around and I think about the fact that like my mom is like a real person and it makes me really sad. Not like I don't know that she's a person, but like, she's like a person with like feelings and emotions. I know. It's so fun. The reason why this like hit for me, I mean, my mom is not an immigrant, but she is a woman of color. She's yeah. a black woman. And so it feels like related. And, and I had this conversation with her when I was in college and I literally will never forget this. And it like makes me tear up all the time where she, I was like having some kind of issue, some kind of personal issue. And I was like, and she was listening. She was like, yeah, that sounds tough. And she was, I was like, mom, tell me what to do. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Tell me how to fix this. And she was like, Kim, you're at a point where I can't really tell you what to do anymore. She was like, we're kind of like the same, but just I'm in an older body. And I was like, what? actually sobbing. <laughs> I'm like the way that if my mom said that to me, I would fully start crying. Like, don't acknowledge I it. I sobbed. I was like, you mean you're, I'm like you now? Like, we're like, our brains are like similar. I couldn't fathom that. I was like, no, you are a, a being of light. I can't be like you. Yeah, you're like a superhero. Like, we're not the same. Like, yeah. you've, you've gone through so much. And what have, what, have, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I'm not a real person. Neither of us are real people. Nothing is real. I'm a child. I'm a child. No, real. I think that it's really, there's this moment that I think happens for most adults where they, like, have this, usually not as, like, clear as your mom phrase it to you but like this moment of like acknowledging like wait like my parent is my friend now like yeah. we're equals and like we're both adults and we're both experiencing life in a more similar way than we ever have throughout my existence and it's like yeah. it's very unsettling yeah and then to understand like the different elements you know thinking about yourself as a human and like all of the different things and challenges or like celebrations that happen in your life and like how many emotions you individually go through experiencing those things. And then imagining like finally being at a place where you recognize that your parent or parents probably do the same thing is so strange. It's strange. No, the way my, now that I can like fully see my mom as a human being, <laughs> I see the way she moves and I'm like, that's me. Like we move mm. the same way. Like mm -hmm. I see the way she is at work and I'm like, whoa, that's really crazy. Why are we so similar? Oh wait, you are my mom. But it's so funny because I don't know if you remember this, but the first time we met, which was like years ago, we talked about our parents, I want to say for like a full hour. I kind of remember that. I kind of remember that because you were, we talked a lot about your family. I remember, I don't remember talking about my parents, but I remember talking about your family a lot. Because your family's from DC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your family's no, in I, Florida. Yeah, I remember you telling me about like, you know, visiting them and like trying to like, and like, just I think trying to navigate like living away from them and still like wanting to like, you know, have us. Yeah, be close with them. And we were talking a lot I about that. that. 
I do remember that because you were you weren't in New York yet. No, no, and no. you were kind of experiencing that that back and forth of like you're so close to your family. Yeah. 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 It's so funny because yeah, like I I met you cut when was it? Was it like 2017, 2018? So long ago. It was a the really blur. long time ago. But we had originally connected because you were the community leader at Glossier and like a mutual friend mm-hmm. of ours knew how much I love the brand. And so mm-hmm. she was like, You need to meet Kim. And at the time, it's I remember thinking, like, what is a community manager? Because <laughs> you emailed me and it was like community manager. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. What is that? Like, literally, I was like, I don't know what that is. Because I feel like even at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't really a thing. No, I uh, totally I mean, I started doing it in 2015. I feel like 2016, 2017 is like when I met you was pretty early on. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't a thing like I it for so long, I didn't have like peers who were in the same industry that I was in that were doing what I was doing. Like, you know, some people would say, oh, I'm a community manager, but they would do social. Um, or they would say their community, but they were like very, very influencer focused, like only influencer. And um, I was like, literally like my whole work was like really, like really building relationships. And um, I, I, I didn't have people that I was like looking to or, you know, connecting with in similar roles at the time. It was really new. So like being that it was like this very new role, was it like you had a set of like, I guess like goals or like, did you have like specifics like that were like, okay, this is for you as a community manager or did you really kind of develop that as you went on? Like I just, cause it was such a new position to like have. And it's like, how do you decide like what factors or what skills or what roles you play as a community manager? Honestly, it was so, I mean, when I started the job, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, <laughs> I, But that's how, I mean, you were saying this earlier, like you realized after you had, you've built a community that you had a community. And I oh. actually think, I know this isn't what people want to hear, but like, that's the way it should work. Like, That's like how it should work. I had no idea what I was doing when I started. I was like, okay, I'll do this event or I'll do, um, you know, I started, I hosted our first event in our penthouse. Everyone loved each other so much. And then they were like, how do we stay connected? So I made the community slot because I didn't want to do it on Facebook groups. And it was just, it was, everything was kind of like a layer on top of the first, the thing before it. Yay. Um, and I didn't have, you know, specific goals. I just was kind of like, I think what was fortunate for me was that like, very similar to you, like the brand had such a community around it. And so like we were actually building, helping to facilitate relationships between people in a way that I think was so unique. Um, so it was just getting to like try stuff for people. Like that was kind of it in the beginning. No. And, and it, it really is kind of, I think, like you said, unfortunately the best ways for it to kind of happen organically. I, I never like started creating content because I was like, I don't know that I even had a goal other than like, I was like, this is fun and I like to do it. So I'm just going to do it. And I started realizing, wait, I'm, I have a community now. And I also remember like once I was able to like fully comprehend the fact that like, wait, this is like a real community. It also made me feel this weird pressure of like, well, I need to do something with it. Like I need to do something meaningful with it because 
having a community is such a special thing. And it's like, I don't want to not appreciate it and not, you know, I guess like do my own due diligence kind of, do you know what I mean? Like I need to, I need to really work on it. But the more I thought about like, I guess strategizing, like I really tried to like, be like, okay, so what can I do? And I was like, I need to like just eliminate that idea from my mind because I think when it comes to building relationships and building community, like I don't know that like strategy plays a role. I know it's so, it's such a fine balance and line because I think, I think it's right what you, the thought that you had, right? Because I think your opportunity is, I think you've built a community because so many people see themselves in you or see like you relating to themselves. And so they like that in and of itself is so such a connection point. Um, And I think that there are probably things, you know, when it comes to bringing people together and, you know, trying to facilitate that there are things that you can do, but there's that fine balance of like being authentic in how you bring community together and being strategic about, okay, now I'm going to like, operationalize this thing and and I think that that can be really hard um to to like find the balance between no definitely and I think it was one of the main reasons why I did really want to have a podcast because I wanted to feel a deeper connection to my community and I know that they responded so well when I spoke directly to them like that was one thing I knew it's they really felt like we were having a conversation when I would talk to camera and I would just kind of, you know, basically talk out of my ass, say whatever random shit that I was doing. Like it was never very thoughtful. It was just kind of like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, well, how can I turn this into something with a little bit, keyword, a little bit more structure. (laughs) And that's when I was like, okay, I want to create a podcast. I don't know what direction Mm. exactly I wanted to take. And then again, it just kind of happened organically where it's like, okay, well, I want to, have this space for speaking to people of all different walks of life and allow them to share their story. And I think one of the main themes that always ends up just kind of happening with every episode is the parallels between just everyone and all human beings. And we all have things in common. You know what I yeah. mean? Like living yeah. on earth, we all have things in common. We're not so different. It's not so scary. And you can kind of build communities in places where you might not have thought you could. And it's just, it's something that I, I'm, I feel like you're one of the pioneers of community specifically in the digital space. And like, I don't know. I just always feel like, okay, I would be, I can't, I'm like, I feel like we, we talked about this before we started recording. I'm like, I can't just gloss over, uh, you know, that I did have my, my beef with Glossier. We don't want to get it into it because (laughs) no, there's no need for the negativity that's for the Patreon, but, um, <laughs> but, but um, who I always felt a real connection to. And it wasn't because, you know, of my relationship with the brand. It was, I met you through the brand, but our yeah. relationship kind of turned into more of a friendship and it felt yeah. very real and it felt very authentic. And even when yeah. I, you know, was feeling all of my feelings about everything that was happening, I felt like I could talk to Kim because I knew that she did care about community first. And that was something that I really respect about you is that of course you were at the brand and you have your responsibilities there, but like you 
really did care. And I felt yeah. that and it, it translated to me in such a genuine way. And I like to think that I'm like, yeah. I have a bullshit detector. So I know. But <laughs> I was, it was something that I just never doubted because yeah. you were very much someone who provided me with real support. And yeah. I could tell that you were really much like really not really much, but really concerned with like making sure that I didn't leave a negative situation with kind of like too many negative emotions, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that was, man, what a time. It's <laughs> <laughs> to quote our friend Drake, what a time. What a time. It's, it's interesting, you know, being a, a community manager has it. The most amazing piece of doing this work is that like, I get to build real relationships with people like you um, and the thing that I love the most is like building connections between people like that is so dope. And, you know, sometimes I wish like I could bottle up for my team members who don't have those conversations and experiences, like how amazing it can be and like give them that because it really is so unique. But the, the other side of that is that it can be really hard when you sit, you know, in this kind of in between space between the company at the end of the day, business and the people. And, you know, I've always said that when you do community, it, you're kind of, you're the company to the people and you're the people to the company. And you have to navigate that with a lot of care and a lot of like respect. Um, but also you have to be honest. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think when you're a community manager, it's like your duty to do is be honest with the company about like how things affect people yeah, um, and what people care about. Um, and so, so yeah, that's always like a really fine line and, you know, but I, yes, I just, I love you girl, but yeah. Like I'm like, the love is there. I'm like, yeah. the, love, the love is there. I'm like, I just, I'll, I'll say it. And then we can move right along. Kim is the only person who I met at Glossier that I still fuck with, but moving right along, um, no, I think, so you're at Geneva now, which I was telling Kim before we started that, like, I was like reading about the brand. I was on the website, I was on the Instagram and I was like, this is, this needs to exist. And it also in a weird way does feel like an embodiment of you and, and the work that you do. Because like I said, I do sincerely believe like you are a pioneer in digital community building. So I'm like, this makes perfect sense for you to be there now. So Tell us, tell us about Geneva. Like, let's, yeah. let's get the, the Kim, the Kim uh, description. Spiel. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so I'll, simple terms, Geneva is basically a messaging app for communities. So if you were to imagine like combining all of the things that communities, and it could be creator led communities, it could be brand communities. It could literally be like a sorority, a book club kind of vibe. Um, K-pop fan club. We have like a lot of K-pop fan clubs, which I'm obsessed with. Honestly, K-pop <laughs> fans are the nicest people in the entire I world. I know, I know, I know. Honestly, I, I mean, I'll get into this later, but like, <laughs> we have the best communities. <laughs> like, they're so wonderful and sweet and lovely. Um, but it's essentially a messaging app for communities, so it kind of combines everything that communities need in one place in a way that's really fun and accessible. So if you want to have your like group chat, you know, if you're using a WhatsApp or something like that, but you also want to have your announcements for like, you know, more longer form content or events or stuff like that, 
or you want to have your video, um, you know, have your FaceTime kind of vibe, all of that is like built into the product. And so you basically can communicate, connect, hang out with your community in any way that you want. Um, and you kind of, you get all the pieces and you put them together how you, how you want. And that's the, the general gist. And I feel like it's so funny because now that I'm thinking about it, I found out about Slack because of you. Yeah. Like I only ever. Oh it, my God, I know. But there was something about Slack that did always feel very professional. Yeah. And a little bit more, less casual. And it sounds to me like Geneva is like the best of both worlds where like it can be as casual or professional as you want it to be. Yeah, it's so funny. When I started the Glossier Slack in 2016, 2015, I literally, this tells you how, it tells you one, like how quickly I think like culture moves and two, how long ago this was that (laughs) I literally, when I was like emailing people being like, join our community on Slack, I was linking to the Slack about page because girls yeah. like, literally had never heard of Slack before. Yeah. But I feel like now it's such a like known thing. But at the time I was like, no one's, no one knows what this is. No one uses this. Um, that just tells you like how quickly things like change. It's oh yeah. Wild. Even my boomer sister who knows nothing knows what Slack is. <laughs> like know. she knows, she knows know. nothing about the internet, but she knows what Slack is. And I was like, it's this wild. I know. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's essentially like, you know, I, I built our community on Slack and, at Glossier because of the fact that I didn't want to be on Facebook groups. And I was like, well, I don't know what else to use. And I like the way that it has these different channels and whatever. Um, and that honestly, like the Slack's kind of infrastructure was the inspiration for Geneva. It's like if teams and workplaces can have this kind of organized, um, easy, accessible infrastructure for their communication, communities should be able to have that too. Especially when I think we're right now really on the cusp of seeing what communities can become and I think you know it's there's been a big focus on brand communities for the past few years but I think where we're going is communities really led by people and led by you know creators if you if you'll call them that um and so I I'm really excited for that evolution and for us to like have a space you know in that in that realm no and I think it's It is really cool to like allow because, you know, I'm on the internet a lot. I'm on TikTok. I'm I'm on all these platforms. And there are so many just different little like niche groups of people who are so, they're so into whatever they're into. And one thing that I will always respect is anyone who's passionate about anything. Like I'm passionate about flossing. You know what I mean? I'm like, everyone (laughs) has their weird shit that they just feel so strongly about. And I mean weird in the least pejorative way. I mean weird in the way yeah. where it's like you, you're not going to find every person and not every person is going to be into what you're into. But yeah. with with something like Geneva, it's like you can find other people who yeah. are into what you are. And I think especially during the pandemic, it was just very clear that people really found a lot of kind of peace and like calm and like comfort in digital communities and yes you could see it on Instagram like I don't know that Instagram has ever popped off like it did other than the pandemic like Instagram was just this place for people to not feel alone and so I think that's when I just became very aware of like wait this is so vital to people and like their mental health and like just a general feeling of I'm not alone because I think a lot of people felt very isolated, obviously, during the pandemic. 
I wasn't even seeing family, like I wasn't seeing anyone. So without like a digital community, I was probably just very alone. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're also like moving into such a digital world. And I think the pandemic like really heightened everyone's awareness of that. But that is the case. And I think has been the case regardless. And, um, you know, community is in a really positive way now opened up so much for people, right? Like your community used to be whoever was around you in your immediate vicinity, right? And so it's like your neighborhood or, you know, the people that you go to school with or the people that you work with or things like that. Um, But now, you know, for better or worse, the internet has opened up the ability for people to find community in so many places. Um, And what's really cool to me is like, you know, what I've seen in the past couple of weeks, especially is like, there's a girl who was on TikTok and was like talking about having ADHD and people were like, Oh my God, we need a group chat for this. And then she made this home on Geneva that there's now like thousands of people in. And they're like, they're like, let's study together. Does anyone have any tips for this? It's so cool. And I think it's like the beauty and power of like us, like everyday people being able to use the internet to, to find the, the things, the conversations um, that they care about and that are relevant for them. And, and I think that's like such a beautiful thing. Um, and it's, it's so nice though, because I feel like now as someone who's been on the internet for like over a decade, some of my closest friends I met through different platforms yeah. online. Like yeah. my best friend, I met her on Twitter like 10 years ago. And Wild. I think that's the other really beautiful thing about something like you know, an app like Geneva where it's like, yes, you can have these digital communities where you can like share tips and, and discuss your interests, but you can also build like very real relationships. And yeah. I do think that that's kind of the future of, I guess, meeting people. Cause like, obviously, you know, dating apps have been around for a long time and I feel like there was a stigma around them for way too long. And now it's, I think a lot more socially acceptable, but I get asked every time I do an ask me anything on Instagram, yeah. how do I make friends? Like that's the number. How do I meet people? How do I make friends? And genuinely I'm like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, go somewhere where you like having fun. And if you see someone who looks cool, like go compliment them. Hey, hi, conversation. Yeah. But I also think that me saying that it's more so easier said than done. Cause I think it can be really intimidating. So totally. But when you're doing it online, there's something a lot less like threatening, like the risk is less to kind of like put yourself out there because there's still this like little bit of barrier. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. It's funny. We have this um, communities on Geneva are called homes and there's a home on Geneva that is like, I don't know, it's like 6,000 women in London. It's called London Town Girlies, which obsessed. I love that. And it's like this girl who started it and she was like, I'm moving to London. I have no friends. And all these people were like, me too. And now they like meet up for drinks. Like people will just like drop in the in the chat, like, hey, who wants to go for drinks or have a picnic this weekend? And like a whole bunch of people go have drinks or a picnic. Um, and I think it just underscores like, and what I love about that is that, combination or like the intersection of of using technology to like actually come together and meet people in real life um which I think we're also going to see a lot more of which is really dope um but yeah it just underscores to your point earlier like people are really craving connection they're craving like 
having the conversations and finding people who have the experiences that they do. So the conversations that they care about, and then they're craving like actually building connection with people who they think are, are like them. And, and, um, I'm excited. I think we're seeing so much just beginning in like the community space and, it'll be exciting to see what happens over the next couple of years. When did Geneva launch? And like, when did you like, when did you join the team? So I joined September 2020. So like, the year of 2020. The, um, the, the year that no one will ever forget. No one ever wants to go remember. Yeah. Um, I joined September. Um, and the company at that time had like, it was kind of like pre pre launch, like, had started building the app a couple, about eight months prior, um, but it hadn't launched yet. It was still very much like in private beta. And then we launched the app uh, just about this time last year. So just about a year ago. So we're definitely um, the noob, the baby in the The world of like these kinds of messaging apps. (laughs) Like Slack has been around for forever. Facebook groups has been around for forever. Discord has been around for forever. Um, But I'm excited about I think in particular, we have a lot of communities on Geneva um, created or led by like young, like Gen Z millennial women. Um, and I think that that space in particular, like women lead culture, young women like lead culture. Um, and I don't think that there's a product that has like served us. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited in, in my own work about just like really facilitating that and like bringing more women community builders to the forefront, you know? And so, like, I know we kind of talked about, you know, ideally, the best way to build community is is organically. But yeah, as it is your role, like, what are what are some ways that you build community? Like, what are some of your like, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's, totally. Let's, I'm like, I want I just want to know, like, how does that work? Because I'm like, I if you put me in a place and said, now build a community, I would be like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Um, It's funny, you know, I think you, you said this earlier, um, you were talking about like the niche things on the internet that people like love. I actually I tell people all the time, the key to starting a community is actually being really niche, right? It's like, the more specific you can be around, like why you're bringing people together, like what the connection point is the more you'll have that like actual true depth of connection and relationships. So, I mean, I would say like, it obviously completely depends. There are so many different kinds of communities in the world, but um, the biggest thing I would say, especially for someone who's maybe an individual or maybe like a creator and thinking about how do I build a community for the first time? I think the key piece is like one, even if it's just a handful of people, like finding your first people who are going to be your kind of like ride or dies, like your, your partners really. Um, and spending time with them to understand like, okay, we're, we're all really passionate about flossing. And we're, I'm dead. I'm like the way that I just literally have talked to every, every person I've interacted with. This week, I've, I'm like, I'm sliding flossing into the conversation. I'm like, let's talk about flossing. You only floss the teeth you want to keep thoughts, you know? Oh my God. Thoughts? Wait, I want to get into that, but Oh, no, like I also I want to know too, like your favorite flaws. Like I actually have a lot of questions about this, but oh, that's that's it's, it's the what's the brand? It's it's in a gray pack. It's called Glide. It's the waxed one. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Which is it Crest? I think it's Crest. I'm like trying to visualize it. I've been using the same floss forever because of course, as a product girly, as a beauty girly, I need reviews, right? I, I can't just yes. be like out here blindly buying floss. So I did kind of conduct a little Never. bit of um, crazy research in that every person in the dental field that I knew, I would just ask them like, what is the best floss? And oh it God. was a unanimous, like this, it's really? wide and it's in a gray packet with blue on it. I want to say it's Crest. Yes, yes, I, yes. I have that one. That's the one that I use. Okay. It's I gray. The- I, I didn't know it was called Glide, but it's the gray package with yeah. a little blue. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Buy the 12 packs on Amazon. I, I've sent them to every family member I have, like just like a 12 pack. Like, so you never have an excuse because it's funny. I posted this on Instagram earlier. I was like, the only validation I crave is from like my dental hygienist telling me I'm doing a good (laughs) job flossing. Like that is the only compliment of value to me. Like that actually, like I will leave that interaction just thinking about it and like romanticizing. I'm like, wow, my teeth are just so clean, especially as someone who like, I didn't take very good care of my teeth as a child. Um, So I had a lot of cavities. Oh, really? Wait, wait, okay. So So many. Do you floss twice a day? That's the thing. Okay. Uh, Okay. Because I was going to say like twice a day flossing is kind of intense. No, no, I, I actually don't even know that it's good to floss. Probably not good for your gums. Yeah. Cause it's like, because flossing is like, okay, you're like getting off the buildup, but you're also like stimulating your gums, I want to say. So right. I feel like it's like too much over, stim- it's like overstimulating them, maybe. <laughs> Me just making things up. <laughs> Me just literally completely being like, I heard that it stimulates your gums, so maybe it's too stimulating. I don't know. Your gums need time to rest. <laughs> Next episode has got to be with a dentist. Oh, oh my God. That's got to be. Listen, you you get it. If you're a dentist, hit me up. I want to talk to you. We have questions because I also didn't know this until like my adult life, which is that after you brush your teeth, you know, you're not supposed to rinse your mouth. What? You're supposed to like let the toothpaste like you're not supposed to wash away the residue. Yes, I know. It's it. Yeah, because okay, so basically, also, a dentist explained this to me once, and I I miss her every day. She's no longer my dentist, because I live in New York now. But I love her. Um, She's still alive. (laughs) She explained brushing my teeth in like the greatest way possible, because she was because I was complaining about staining from drinking coffee. And she was like, Yeah, how early do you have a coffee? I was like, I brush my teeth. And then like, within the next 10 minutes, I'm drinking a coffee. She was like, think about it this way. It's like you just exfoliated your face. Yeah. That is what happens when you brush your teeth. So your teeth are like very vulnerable because you just exfoliated them. So she was like, if you can wait 30 minutes, that's great. But if you can wait an hour, that's even better before drinking your morning coffee because your teeth are like freshly exfoliated. Wow. I love that she used a skincare example for you. I was like, do you know me? Like, are we in love? Get me. Get me. (laughs) No, I, I literally, that she was my favorite dentist that I've ever had. And I also like, I'm very crazy about my teeth and she, she got it. She understood it. She didn't judge me. So maybe, totally. I, maybe I started Geneva home with her. <laughs> Honestly, this is what it's sounding like. This is niche. You guys, this is community. There I are call- people who are going to be like, Oh hell yeah. Get me in there now. No, because it's like, and also I think this, now we're just really going into a crazy place, but everyone just like kind of is like, Oh, you got to brush your teeth, but no one really understands like, I don't the know. I feel like of it. 
I was flossing wrong my up until like five years ago. Like I was absolutely flossing incorrectly. Like I would just put the floss up and then drag it down. But you have to like literally have to go like this under yeah. the gum and like scoop down. It's a lot. It's a lot, honestly. And I was just aimlessly like you know fucking putting floss in my mouth and like oh I'm flossing and then I would go to the dentist and they would be like you need to floss and I'm like why are you calling me a liar? I am flossing. And they were like <laughs> I don't know, man. It doesn't really look like you are. And I was like, well you're a liar because I definitely am. And then I just remember asking the same dentist, the one who told me about the exfoliating of the teeth, which that I was like, I trust you because you know yeah. what exfoliating is. But she was like, no, That's you literally. so interesting. And I'm like a grown adult woman and she's demonstrating to me how to floss. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I've been flossing wrong my entire life. And no one tells you that. No one tells you that. I don't think that that is like, I think that people who are listening to this, the majority of people are going to be like, I didn't know that. They're I stressed. didn't know that. I'm also so stressed out. They're on Amazon. They're buying the they're buying the floss. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna do what I did, which is watch YouTube videos. Actually, I don't know that everyone is gonna be as um You're watching YouTube videos? Oh, I watched a YouTube video on how to properly brush your teeth with an electric toothbrush, which also I was doing incorrectly because you're not supposed to actually manually move it with your hand as it's like brushing. You're supposed to just hold it and then move it and then hold it and then move it and like the bristles do the brushing. So if you're manually moving it with your hand, I'm like making a lot of hand gestures to Kim right now that no one can see. But like, if you're like <laughs> actually scrubbing your teeth with an electric toothbrush, it's like too much pressure on your teeth and your gums and can cause your gums gums to um, recede. Yeah. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. my God. You know what's so funny? My dad has, <laughs> this is so. <laughs> tell, tell me your my dad's dad has history. Like my dad has like receding gums because he like yeah. brushes his teeth too hard. But I didn't realize you're not even supposed to scrub. You're not no, even you're really just, supposed to brush. You're just supposed to hold it. My Both of my parents have receding gums, which is not genetic. But I will say generational trauma, I do believe is. And I do believe that <laughs> one of my outlets for generational trauma seems to be brushing my teeth because I am just like intensely oh just God. trying to scrub it all away. Like, I don't know, but like, uh, I, I be like, Nor, just hold it. Don't move it. Just hold it. Don't like press it aggressively into your teeth. Just like let it, let it sit, let it do its exfoliating. And like, I feel like even when it comes to like skincare exfoliating, it took me years to get out of the mindset of, because I'm of sure like, you remember. Harsh, uh, harsh, 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 break my skin yeah. down. Yeah. And, and even with like a chemical exfoliant, I was, this is so disturbing to me, but I was using chemical exfoliants like five days a week. Oh, which is oh my goodness. That it's is way too much. much. But oh I was God. like, I was like, yeah, I'm but, exfoliating my skin. Yeah. You think like there can't be any harm, only good. It's like, no, no, it was, no, there can. And like, now that I've reframed the way that I look at exfoliating as like, oh, it's a treatment that yeah. you do like once or twice a week. I'm like, mm -hmm. cool. My skin is less angry now. Yeah, because the universe is healing. No, but that's how your body feels. I do want to ask you just because I, I in my brain, I still have so much association with you and like beauty and like skincare. And yeah, just everything. Like what are what are you super into right now? I need to know. Um, okay, what am I super into right now? I actually did just do like a big Sephora moment last oh week. God. So this feels like a fresh opportunity. Um, I, okay. So one thing that I'm really into right now is the Barbara Sturm toner, Ooh. which, okay. I know everyone's like, girl, that Barbara Sturm was so expensive. 
the toner is $75. Still very expensive for a toner. I totally understand that. But, but the serums are like 300 So I'm like, okay. I am not a scientist, but I'm like, if they're good, putting really good stuff in the serums, they've got to be putting good stuff in this toner too. Right, right, right. You know? Water. So I, I'm into that. I'm really into that. Um, and then I... I, I gotta say, I use the Glossier Retinol like twice a week, and I yeah. really notice a difference with my skin. Really? I'd never really used Retinol before, but I actually really like that. Oh, and then I also just—I've never tried the Dieu. I think that's how you see it. Products. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's the Dieu. I'm Is it? Is it Dieu? It's Dieu. Oh, oh listen, I, it is a French word, but I do know the founders, and they say okay. they say Dieu. They say so Dieu. I'm, I'm okay, go gorgeous. What they say. Whatever they say, do is stunning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the moisturizer, love. It is so the good. way the way that I have never related more to heroin addicts. Now I've never done heroin, <laughs> but I have used Instant Angel by Do. The way it's that so I good. am cutting tubes open and scraping the insides out is. It's a little concerning. So yeah, one of my friends, Charlotte, is one of the founders. Yeah. And she came over to my apartment. She goes to the bathroom. She comes out. She was like, what is this? She like comes out with like this just completely <laughs> crumbled up like bottle of the moisturizer that I'm clearly just doing everything in my power to get every last drop out. She was like, I will give you more. Like, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, like I ordered it, but it's not here yet. So like, I just, I, I need my fix. Like I need to use this moisturizer because... Especially so moving to New York, I've never experienced winter in my life other than, yeah. you know, little little trips uh, to colder climates like every now and then. So I'm there for like a week, maybe two weeks max. So yeah. it doesn't affect my skin as much. But living here during the winter, I was I started developing this like kind of like eczema around my mouth. And yeah. I was like, since when did I get eczema? Am I a baby? Like in my mind also, I'm like... <laughs> Eczema's for babies. Like, no, no, no. Adults have eczema. But like in my mind, Definitely. babies always have eczema. Like all of my nieces That's all true. had eczema. And I was like, okay, eczema baby. Yeah, we got it. But <laughs> like um, I'm a child. I'm a baby. I'm regressing. Um, which I am, but I am but no, adults get eczema. Adults do have eczema and it completely like I was using it like a lip balm so because good. it was like my whole mouth area. So I would put the instant angel moisturizer all over my face, all over my lips. Um, and then finally Charlotte did give me like a giant, like trial size tub of it. And I was putting it on my body. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Like I was using it Stop. on my whole body and I did, you know, start acting, like I said, like I was addicted to, um, drugs and I was like, you need to, you need to allow people to purchase this because I can't be the only person who wants to slather my who body. Who has this experience? Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's other people. I'm, I'm so into it. I'm so, so, so into it. It's like the perfect moisturizer. It is literally the perfect moisturizer. I, I'm so, like, I literally just completely went on a whole tangent about my love for this moisturizer. And perhaps it does seem I hope a they little take bit. that clip and they do something with it. They're going to be like, no, seriously, are you good? Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I was in the campaign for the Instant Angel Moisturizer, but like, truly. Yeah, like I, I love. They, no, it was really, it was honestly, and like I feel like you'll get this, like because they're my friends and they, I was with them from like the beginning and they sent me like yeah. all the trials and everything and I got to test out the different iterations of the eye patches. Like, yeah, whenever they asked me to be a part of the campaign, like I fully cried because I was just like, like I can't think of anything I want to do more. Like, it's kind of like you're an auntie. 
You're Literally, like, it's my baby too. <laughs> it is exact. That's actually the perfect way to describe it. It's the feeling of being an aunt. That is that is a, the only parallel I can think of, other than being a literal <laughs> aunt, is having a friend create a brand and then asking you to like be involved in it. I was like, I'm an aunt. Instant like, angel is my niece. Uh, we are. I'm an instant angel. My baby will be named Instant Angel. <laughs> I name my baby IA. But no, honestly, it's. I've yet to find a moisturizer that I like more. And yeah. I was really into Augustinus Bader, which is also a very expensive yeah. product, but um, they sent it to me and then I became addicted and then I started spending my own money on it. And that's how I knew things were you know. getting how dark. You know, girl. That's yeah. How you know. Yeah. Because if uh, you have a... I'm into it. I'm so into it, but I'm new to it. So I, when you saying this is so interesting because- the little thing, they give you that cute little um, thing that like squeezes the bottle, like yeah. uh, that little tool. And I thought, oh, that's so cute that they did that. And, you know, oh, I'm probably not going to use that. And now that you're like <laughs> describing oh, you're, the situation. You're use it. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'll feel very no, scientific in my bathroom. I, I fully squeezed it out, but then I literally cut it open. Because <laughs> I was just like, no, there's like, more. Actually. That's unhinged. <laughs> no, no. It it was actually, she was like, are you good? Why is this here? Like, it was just like this, like, <laughs> it was all mangled and like, it just looked like it had been through like a lot. And I was like, oh my God, no, like I need to use this. And like, I'm putting on my cuticles. Like I'm, there is not a place on my body that I'm not using that moisturizer. It's, I'm obsessed with that. I, I don't know when this became a duo. Really they really got to take this this conversation and do something with it. I'm going to send it to Charlotte and she's just going <laughs> to laugh and Marta's going to be like, yo, are you good? Like, you need to, <laughs> you need to they're going to like cut me off. They're going to be like, nor you skyrocket. Yeah, they have an intervention with me. They're like, <laughs> nor we know that you love Instant Angel, but like it's it's getting out of getting hand. Getting out of hand. But oh wait, are God. you using any like makeup right now? Because I'm looking at you, you yeah. have skin, it's glowing, you look beautiful. Oh my God, thanks, friend. Um, yeah, I am. I mean, I'm using the, I don't know, just stuff I feel like, it's kind of like classic stuff, like the Ilia serum, Tinty serum thing that I just got, which I'm really into. I have that on. Super cool. You have it on too? I, I feel like everyone's wearing that right now. It's so good. Yeah, it's really, really good. I love that. The, um, Pat McGrath concealer, very good. I highly recommend um and then the oh the charlotte tilbury contour wand great contour best contour that i i've ever had okay i did a light today you know just keep it simple but i really think that that is the best contour product on the market i'm very scared right now because also like you just named every product that i have been using and also but also today I was like, no, I'm just going to be natural. We're just, you know, whatever. It's just like a cute little moment with Kim. So I just put on the Ilia. But like normally like that Charlotte Tilbury contour wand, I've never enjoyed. So like, because that's the thing. I feel like there was this moment for contouring and everyone yeah. was all about it. And then it just right. felt a little like too much for like every day. It's like, what are we really doing? You know? Right. And it's like, then we're starting to use the powder. And I'm like, wait, we're like doing a lot. I feel like, like, can we pull it back a little bit? But no. honestly, that contour wand, the way it's that I had so, so many notifications and the way that I was able to obtain it was my friend who is a medical doctor and was working at the hospital texted <laughs> me and was like, Noor, I just got a notification that it's restocked on like some website. Like you need to buy it. Like that's how urgent <laughs> it was. Like she is saving lives and she had to stop to be like, wait, Noor, 
buy Girl. this. It's available. This is your chance. And it's I did. So good. It's it's honestly so good. And if you live in North Carolina, just FYI, they do have it at um, Sephora in store at uh, God. What is that little plaza called? Because I was just there. I had a my flight was delayed, so I had like a layover, and I've never seen more of the contour ones anywhere. So if you live in North Carolina, take advantage of this because. I've I've never seen them in store because they're always sold out. If you live in New York, the Soho one, sorry, babe, I got the last oh. one last week. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, they literally just fly off the shelves. Like my sister wants one, but she wants the darker shade because she's like darker yeah. than me and she can't find it. Like, yeah, no, anywhere. it's so hard to find. They're so hard to find. I actually like when the woman handed it to me, I felt like I had won, it, won some type of game. No, I mean... It's it's like a weird like I did it. I know. A sense of accomplishment. It's that that is that's always flying off the shelves and the um makeup forever anywhere caffeine lip liner also always flying off the shelves can never keep it in store. So what's really funny about the makeup forever lip liners is they had sent me and like I I rarely wear lip liner. I'm just not a lip liner not like your thing. I, I I'm like a gloss feels easy to me. You know what? Like a yeah. tinted lip balm. I'm more yeah. so on that side of things, but they had sent me the full range of lip liners and I just kind of like had them. Like I never, yeah. and then I kept seeing all these TikToks about that shade and like Hailey Bieber uses it. And like all of these people who I'm like, wow, your lips look amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, do I have this? And I did have it. And I just, I'm a fool because I just literally had this. I didn't know wow. what I had. I didn't understand what Staying I had. But then um, I did, my friend Maria, I'm pretty sure, stole it from me. So Maria, if you're listening to this, um, give it back. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, I bought it. I was, I literally bought it and I don't know how I was able to get it, like maybe a month ago. And I was so excited. And then I go out and I was like at the bar and I was like, I'm going to line my lips. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still at that bar. <laughs> oh no. So if you're at that bar Same all day. day. Yeah. Also, you're Maria, lucky. Again, lucky Maria, give it, give it back to Kim. Um, yeah, give it back. <laughs> give it back to Kim. The way that we're, I'm just blaming her, but no, I also. Oh wait, speaking of lip liner, so when I was in Charlotte, I also found another Charlotte Tilbury lip liner that was I can't could not find anywhere, which is the Pillow Talk in medium too, because now Pillow yeah. Talk comes out in different shades. Yeah, that shade of lip liner has also uh, rekindled my love of liners. Yeah, it's a really good shade. The other really good shade from Charlotte Tilbury is um, Hot Gossip. Super underrated. It's so good. So underrated. And there's another one, something to do with like icons, iconic, not iconic nude. Iconic. It's, oh. It's like a, a brownie, pinky. Oh. It's, it's really good. I forget the name of it, but it's, I think, one of their newer shades that they recently came out with. Also a great which I that's the thing I never find them in store they don't even have the testers so like at this during my like extended layover I just went to Sephora and was like swatching Charlotte Tilbury products all over my hand I looked like crazy but honestly those lip liners they're so good they're They're they make me want formula such a good formula I know I'm a lip liner girl so I definitely I've definitely tried my hand in at lip liners for sure um, have you seen but yeah, the TikTok trend where people are taking the Maybelline like tattoo brow thing? Like you like basically fill in your eyebrows with it and it's like a uh-huh. gel and then it dries and you peel it off and it like kind of tints your eyebrows temporarily. People are using that to line their lips so that their lips have liner on it for like an extended period of time. Wait, no. 
it's I've seen like quite a few TikToks of it and honestly I really want to I really want to try it I really want to do it because I'm like I love the way lip liner looks but also bad to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> no it literally it's so cool because I'm like but I will say when they use the actual applicator that it comes with it looks a little too thick so I feel like using a different okay. brush to apply but it isn't it like brown but that's the thing. It, they have so many different shades of the brown where, like, you can kind of have that, like, can be 90s. Like a light, like, 90s moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? And it looks good. I'm going to look it up. I've never seen that before. I want to do – that's the kind of stuff that I, like – I'm, like, yes, I'm down to try that. That's what I'm saying. I'm, like, I know. There's no way. I'm, like, it's it's a part of who you are to want to, to test the it's, product. It's, you know, it's still, it's still in my blood. It's still in my blood. You, once, and that's the other thing. Like, I – I feel like I'm just like at a point where like I know what I like, I know my skin. Yeah. I kind of just stick yeah. to like very simple routines that are like manageable and all of that, but that need to want to trust uh, like test products and try things out, it's just it will never go away because I like know. it's so fun. I know. The the joy I went to Sephora last like the joy that I got from Sephora last week, it was unmatched. Unmatched. There's highlight nothing, of my week. There's nothing like going to Sephora. I also I I placed an order. I got like all of the new topicals, like body things that they've been launching. Uh, how I've I okay, topicals is the one thing that I'm so it's so crazy for me to say I've never tried. Oh I've God, always God. wanted to. You I've always wanted I know, I need to you, buy. You absolutely have to. And also I love them because they like I was working on like doing like a partnership with them and then there was a lot of things happening in Palestine at the time it was like a really just like emotional time for me and they were like oh like instead of doing this like brand focused content for us like come on our channel and educate people about Palestine Mm. and I was like I will forever be like I already loved the brand but I was like oh no now I like you're in you hold a special place in my heart because yeah I didn't even mention their products and they still were like, no, we want to partner with you on this and we want you to educate our audience about Palestine. And I was like, Mm. I, I, that is, I feel like, again, just like tying it back to community. And like, that's when you feel a real true relationship is just gestures like that, where you can tell that a brand doesn't, yeah, they care about, you know, sales and all of that, but like they, when they, care about you it's, yeah. it's very different it, it just hits in a different way and it feels like you feel that sense of community like you feel this yeah. like sense of like kind of like a connection and like attachment now like where it's like no I want to support your brand not just because you have great products but because like your beliefs align with mine and like your goals are goals that I share and like it's, yeah. it's this connection and I don't know. It's really special, but genuinely the butter, it's like the butter face. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So good. So really? good. I got to like, try it. I got to try it. I've heard only the best things. And yeah, so I started trying the butter, like the body spray thing, which I'm so lazy. And like to be able to spray body something, spray. it's like literally a moisturizer in a misting spray. So you spray oh, it on I your skin. That. But I will say you do want to wait for it to dry down because it's a little sticky at first. Oh, it's a little slick. Yeah. But I kind of like that because I feel like it's like adhering to my skin. Okay, yes. Do you know I'm what I mean? That. A thousand percent. Like I feel like it's percent. like it's really it, soaking in. Exactly. Because then when it dries down, it's not sticky anymore. So I'm like, okay, so it did what it needed to do. 
It's done its job. It's done its job. It's done its job. I love that. And I think you're so right about like the community piece of things. Cause at the end of the day, it's all people like it, it, it's all like human relationships and like brands or, you know, anything like brands are nothing but like a collection of people making something that like should matter to others. And so, um, yeah, I think like whenever you're starting a community, it's like, that is the core. And if you can like have that be the fo- the fundamental like reason for being and like the thing that pushes you forward, then you're always going to be making real relationships and real connections. A hundred percent. And I think when I think of like the way that communities exist now online, I'm like, I really wish something like this existed for me growing up because yeah. I talk about this so much, but like, I think if you are any type of marginalized person or yeah. you're a person of color, that sense or that feeling of like feeling seen and like yeah. being able to like identify with someone who you feel like has a platform or like is in the media in some capacity to be able to feel that is something that I was never able to do growing up. Like I just talked yeah. about this last week. I remember watching Aladdin and just being so excited when they had like the writing that was like in Arabic language. And I was like, wait, that's mm-hmm. in Arabic, but it was actually Farsi, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, it's the same letters, but it was like Farsi words, but I was like five. Yeah. I didn't really read English or Arabic at the time. Um, yeah. So I was just <laughs> like, like I, I recognize, <laughs> but I recognized it. And I was like, I felt like seen, which is yeah. really sad that that's the only memory I can think of out of my entire childhood of like actually Mm -hmm. feeling represented in some way. And so I think having these communities online, it's like you can find people who are similar to you because that's all I think humans want at the end of the day is to like feel like someone else shares their beliefs or their thoughts or their opinions or feelings. And as much as I do think it is important to still listen to the opinions or feelings of people who think differently than you, there is also mm-hmm. this importance. It's it's very critical, I think, for human beings to like exist in a healthy way and like have these relationships. And especially like growing up, if you live somewhere like Florida, where yeah, not many, I, I didn't really encounter many people who shared my interests, as opposed to now when I live in New York, everyone is kind of into the same shit that I am. And I was like, whoa, this is so crazy to me. But mindfuck it literally is such a mindfuck because I'm like, wait, like I'm so used to talking about things and then having to like explain them and I don't have to explain myself. And there is so this relief that comes with like not having to explain yourself. I think especially yeah. like as a person of color, we're always yeah. having to explain ourselves. Yes, at, exactly. At all times and to not have to do that and just feel understood is such a special feeling. A thousand percent. I, you know, it's funny that you say that about like wishing you had something like this in your childhood. Cause even, you know, I'm thinking about myself too. And like, I definitely didn't have like, I, I'm black. I guess people can't see me. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I definitely didn't. I grew up in such a like not diverse neighborhood, like only black family in our, in our neighborhood. And, I went to like white schools and I had my black community was like my small group of friends at school and my family. And that was so hard for me as a kid. Cause I just didn't. And TV, like truly, I yeah. think the, the thing you said about Aladdin is honestly so true for me too. Like TV was a big part of my life. Like watching black shows was a big part of my childhood because of that. Um, but that's like all we had. And then again, you're like, 
you're relegated to the shows that that are put on air or you know this <laughs> when you go to high school the small group of people of color who are there even though the, I met some of my best friends there but um yeah it can be really hard and really limiting and like especially when you're a kid or when you're a young person generally even when you're in your 20s like us like you you want to be able to open the ability to have choice and options and to to discover your people is really quite a blessing it's quite quite like a beautiful thing um and i think you know i think for so many young people now especially like I mean, I just feel like Gen Z, I don't even know if they call themselves Gen Z, but I, they, I learned so much because they're, the fact that they're like native to the internet, I think has shifted completely, like how they approach building relationships. And it's so cool. Um, and I just, I feel like that's the, the way of the future. Yeah. And I think that it's such a great tool to like be able to like actually embrace who you are and your identity and what you feel like you represent because and I'm sure you probably experienced this, like the way we like were able to like identify is like through media and, and things of that nature. And I mean, yeah. I remember reading magazines growing up and there was never anything about Muslims or, you know, Palestinian mm-hmm. women, but there were things about other people of color. And those were the people that I was able to like identify with in, in some way, because there are so many parallels and, right. but just the way that it was presented to us, I feel like also made it difficult to embrace identity because it was through such a Western lens. It was through yes. such a white lens. So it's yes. like, this is, you know, how to care for your hair if you have this type of hair. And it's like, yeah. even the language that was used was so, yeah. it, it was still very negative. It was still meant to, it, it came off as like, this burden, like, oh, if your hair is like this, it's, oh, it must suck for you. And like, but this is what you can do to make it more like a white girl. Totally. And you know what? Actually, this is so, it's so interesting that you say this because that to me is like, when I say like women have like created culture, it it is out of, it's been out of necessity. You know, like when we talk about like hair, hair care tips and stuff like that on magazines or online, it was so like geared towards a Western white culture. It's like why black hair care blew up on YouTube during the 2010s era because of the fact that there was a need and black women were like, wait, this is like not for us. And so that space like became probably like one of the top categories on YouTube out of necessity. But people like constantly it's always the case like women especially women of color take matters into their own, our own hands yep when it comes to how do you actually create dialogue community um and connection online because we have to <laughs> you know exactly it's uh, literally truly like you said it's it's out of necessity because i mean yeah even for me like i i didn't care about my hair because there was nothing that was geared towards right. me. And totally. so I focused on things that I did feel like were geared towards me. But like the older I got, I was like, wait, like I take such good care of my skin on my face, on my body, my nails, everything. Like I want to take care of my hair and where do I even start? Where do I begin? And yeah. when I review like, you know, hair care products, I still get so many comments just like uh, genuinely confused because they're yeah. like, wait, like, 
you care about your hair? Like, we've never heard anyone talk about that. I was like, oh, yeah, Muslim women who cover their hair care about their hair. And like, we're allowed to care about our hair. And we have Mm. special needs that like come with covering your hair because, you know, like the types of fabric you put like can affect your hair or break your hair. And like, similar to using like, it's funny, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, you wear a lot of silk scarves. Like, I bet you your hair is like really like good because like I sleep in a silk bonnet like to protect yeah, my yeah. hair every night and I was like I've never thought of it that way but like yeah like putting silk on my hair is like actually I guess it's like so good, for good for my hair but for years I was using this kind of like cotton I, I used to call it an under cap piece which like as I say it out loud makes absolutely no fucking sense I just made it up because there's no word for it in English but it was like this little kind of headband that I would wear under a scarf to keep it in place but it was made out of this cotton that I realized was drying my hair out yeah yeah and once I stopped using it I was like wait my hair feels so much healthier and so much like there's less breakage it's not as dry and like again like all these little things that you just like you learn from doing or you learn from family but like there's so much opportunity like there's so much space for dialogue around these things. And and I think, you know, we have to take that, take that opportunity and like really facilitate that dialogue and bring it to more people. Cause there's so many young people, especially who like, who need that, who need to like hear exactly what you're saying. Um, if there isn't a home on Geneva for hijabi hair care, there should be one. There absolutely like, should be one. Yeah. You I'm like, could- I'm, I'm going to talk look, to you about starting it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally like, as I'm saying this, I'm like, no wait, there, there should be one because yeah, it's just not something that I feel like gets spoken about very often because I mean, I do like to joke that I'm bald just because it's funny and it does make people wonder whether or not I'm joking. And I do like to make people uncomfortable. Uh, it is I'm like imagining people's like faces that would I'm sure I know you get something oh yeah no I'm I'm an evil person um so I'll just be like oh no I'm bald like no I'm like these are just snacks back here that's that's what you're seeing just just some necessities my lip gloss you know a perfect bar it's fine but no honestly Kim it was so fun chatting with you and having (laughs) you on and we definitely need to start scheming of all the the we way do. that I'm like literally thinking of so many different things that could exist on Geneva now. I'm like, there should be a flo- flossing, hijabi <laughs> hair care. A I'm do, telling you, a do instant angel support group. Um, I'm telling you, we have got to scheme on this and like, oh, I'm excited. We're gonna chat about this. So, where can people find you online? Where can they find Geneva? All plug plug all of the things. Plug the things. Okay. Um I am Kim Johnson dot underscore on on Instagram. I have a common name, you know, gotta work it out. Um Geneva is at Geneva across everything. So like Geneva on Instagram, Geneva on Twitter, Geneva on TikTok. Um and if anyone is like interested in just like actually starting a community on Geneva and they're like oh I want to like chat with you about it just send me a dm hit me up or you can email me I'm just kim at geneva.com um whatever your preference um yeah that's me and definitely what I will say is Kim is saying email her and she means it she will respond to you (laughs) I will respond she will because (laughs) I literally will respond she loves the people of as always guys you can 
follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Psycho, where you will see a lovely photo of Kim. You could follow me on Instagram where I'm just bragging about, you know, my <laughs> dental hygiene. That's that's the theme that seems to be going on this week. Um, and, and this is my real sign off, Kim. As always, don't forget to wear your sunscreen, floss your teeth. Don't be a fucking asshole. <laughs>